This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. And we are officially getting into our first long form series in this podcast. Yay! <laughs> and when I say long, I mean long form <laughs> series. This is this is going to be a good, a good while that we're going to be on this sucker. But it's okay because this is my favorite series ever. And so I have I have been texting Sydney probably an annoying amount over the last few days <laughs> saying I'm so excited to, touch, to talk it's about all this book. we talk about Colin and I have nothing else to talk about in our lives. All we talk about ever <laughs> is this <laughs> upcoming series. <laughs> uh, we can talk about other things, but you need to start the conversation. Oh, oh how rude of you. I was sick. <laughs> so don't even come at me like that. Um, yeah. So we're uh, this this week. It's It's sorry. I didn't even say what it is. It is Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson is the book we are currently reading. We are starting it this week, so that's very exciting. Um, and yeah, if you if you haven't read it or don't have it, go ahead and pause now and go get it and come back when you're ready. Because yeah, if you don't, you're going to be real lost. <laughs> because this is the kind of book where you've got to just commit for the first little bit because it's going to be a lot of names that don't make sense. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> names and ideas that don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, just a tad. But in order to be a little bit kind, I decided to take the preface because that sucker is wicked confusing. So we're going to get into it. We're going to start fair. with uh, start with the preface. Before we start, though, yeah. can I just add something? Yes. Colin and I, our next episode, we'll be back together again. And yeah! And we get to record it together again. Yay! Which will be very exciting. Our, our uh, energy will be so high. You have no idea. <laughs> I, I listen back to the episodes where we're together, and it's either extremely high energy or we both sound like we want to die. There's never been, never <laughs> yes, when we're it's together. It's usually either like 10 o'clock at night or at a normal time, <laughs> and we're just chilling. Yeah. Um, sorry, just one more thing before we get into it. Still, my favorite episode ever, Sydney, of this show to listen to was there was one where I had a wicked head, headache during Warbreaker. And so I just kind of, it was a 30 minute episode. And throughout the entire time, we kept going, we kept pausing. And I would go, I would have normally screamed there, wouldn't I? And you were like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, actually, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're efficient here. We're so good and fast. Look at us go. I just wanted to say that if you're new here, welcome. Oh, uh, yeah, for never sure. Listened before, welcome. Um, we're very excited. Uh, Go check out our other episodes if you would like. If not, if you're just here for this book, fair enough. Um, we love it. But uh, just to say what we're doing, okay? So in this podcast, we go through each chapter, you know, um, talk about it, and then we do theories, and we rank characters, and all that fun jazz. We do dramatic readings here and there. There's a lot of little fun things, and you get to hear us be just dumb all the time. Yeah. Because that's what's fun about it. You know, it's we like don't the... plan this ahead of time. We just go into <laughs> it and pretend we know what we're doing. <laughs> this is like if it's a if you went to a book club, but only two people were allowed to talk, which would be great for some and terrible for others. <laughs> so if you're one of the people who it's great for, we would we love to have you. If yes. you're one of the people who who would like to talk to us, um, two things: one, you can follow us on Instagram, DM us. That'd be fun. Two, why are you here? Just go join a book club. You can find <laughs> it. It's it's pretty easy to find a book club in your area. You got this. Um. <laughs> um also, if uh, <laughs> this has to 
continue with what I was already saying. Oh my god. <laughs> if you listen to our other episodes, welcome back. You know Thank you know you. the drill. Yeah. Um, other than we're doing an hour longer now. Um but of reading, yeah. Yes. But you know the drill, so welcome you know the back. Drill. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into it. There'll be more talking at the end. We're, we're going to finally get into the actual book. Um, and this book opens in a way that is the the preface, not the prelude, the preface. Because, okay, the, the four chapters we read go like this. Preface, 4,500 years. Prelude, another five years. Chapter one, another eight months. You're chapter not even, two. You're not saying that correctly. It's oh. prelude, then preface. <laughs> it's prelude first? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Prelude, 4,500 4, years. Preface, five years. First chapter, eight months. Second chapter. So this has a lot of time jumps in this episode. In the yeah. future, I promise there are far fewer time jumps. But <laughs> we're going to start with the with the prelude. It opens with a guy named Kalak, and it's clearly the end of some kind of battle. Because he, like, he stumbles over a thing. He... Uh, Passes something that is called a thunderclast, which is described as an enormous stone beast with rib-like protrusions from its chest and an arrowhead, uh, 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 arrow point head. So you know what this uh, kind of reminds me of what? When I first read this, it makes me think of um, if you've seen Frozen Two. <laughs> it makes me think of the giant like um, yeah. Earth yeah, for sure. dudes, the rock for guys. Sure. That's what it makes me think of. <laughs> oh, it it's also seems like it. Hobbit also had some giant rock guys. Oh, that fought. I've never seen the Hobbit, so. But you have seen Frozen too. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they they passed the the big dying rock man, uh, and he keeps thinking about, uh, like how he has died before. It's kind of a thing he keeps mentioning how like. He, he has very knowledgeable experience about what it feels like to die, yeah. which is, um, you know, some, some theory <laughs> bait. Um, and he says many of the bodies around him were human. Many were not. Blood mixed. Red, orange, violet. So there's some, there's some non-humans also dying. Some big rock people, some humans, and some other things. All of them are dying. Um, and... Uh, like like I said before, Kalak seems surprised that he did not die. He's like excited that he actually survived this one. Um, and even if he did, it says even if he didn't die, he was supposed to die and go back. And he like, it says when he died, he went back. It doesn't say to where, but it says he went back. And yeah. it says even when he doesn't die, he's supposed to go back anyway. But he hates going because there's some really brutal descriptions of torture that happens wherever he goes when he dies. Yeah. Um, no fun. Eesh. Yeah, like fires and hooks and skin being torn off. A bunch of terrible things happen to this fool when he dies. So honestly, I think this guy has pretty good life advice of just trying to avoid dying in general. I think that's a pretty a pretty smart uh, method. Um, and so he goes back to the place that he keeps saying they were supposed to meet. We don't yeah. know who they were. We know it's supposed to go to this place. And when he gets there, he uh, sees... Uh, seven blades shoved into the ground in a semicircle. Uh, yeah, and a dude named Jezrin is standing there. <laughs> oh, sorry, love it, Jezrian, Jezrian. I said it. I said it wrong because obviously that matters to you, the listener, that I said Jezrin instead of Jezrian. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, essentially when they they chat and it kind of seems like so it seems like there's ten of them. 
but yes. one only one of them died this time. Yes. And Jezrian says that they are going to, uh, what is it, the Oath Pact? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. They're going to uh, decide they're going to abandon the Oath Pact. Yeah, whatever that means. And leave their, <laughs> sword, leave their swords shoved point first in the ground, and they, they are uh, doing it. But Kalak keeps thinking about um, the the one who died. What's the what's the one who died? Um, his name is Talen Talenel or Town. Oh, Town, yeah, Town. So there's a guy, one guy, Town, who died. Who uh, Kalak seems to feel a little bit uh, bad for because Town died and is in the place he described getting tortured. Apparently, yeah. um. Yeah. And they, he feels bad that they're like abandoning whatever the pact they made, the oath pact that they made. Um, and essentially, at the end of it, what happens is is Jezrin convinces Kalak to shove his sword point first in the ground, and they walk in opposite directions, never to like in with a point to not interact with the other people who survived at all. Yeah. Um, and it ends with Kalak thinking, "Forgive us." Yeah. And that's the ending. Of the of the prelude to the Way of Kings. Yeah. Okay. So here's my thoughts about this. Okay. Can I? I want to hear this? them. Here are my theories about what just happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> that I'm glad. these people. I mean, we know they're immortal because they die and come back to life. Right. Um. And I think in order to be immortal, they have to go through this like awful, terrible torture every time they die. Mm-hmm. Um. Because that's their punishment for being immortal. Yeah. Or something along those lines. I mean, along those lines. Fantasy um, stuff. Fantasy yes, stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I think they we have this, this, this <laughs> obviously we have a whole podcast yeah. named after it. I, well, because I sometimes <laughs> feel like people think we hate it because we so often just say like fantasy stuff, whatever. And I, I love I love fantasy stuff, but it's I sometimes it's just like the answer is it's this fantasy stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um, but so I think, you know, that's they're immortal. That's they, that's why they have to do the torture thing. Yep. And then they have this oath pact, which is the only reason they are immortal. Mm-hmm. And I think they made it because, like, the ten of them made it because they had to do it to protect people or whatever. And because they talk about, like, a little bit about, like, I don't know, like, an enemy or something. I don't really know. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they talk about that. And I'm thinking they made this oath pact and agreed, you know, they would become immortal. But they would... um have to go through this torture thing because of their enemy or whatever and and they've at this point decided that they don't want to do that anymore because they're tired Mm -hmm. of being tortured and so they the only way they can get out of it is if one of them is stuck there okay and the others will be free to go as long as they never see each other again and they leave their swords behind that's my thought i have a few more questions i want you to try and guess about okay okay he looks over at the men, at the people standing, looking at them on the top of this hill. Uh-huh. And because the he says later that people think of them as like gods, like they'll follow whatever these people do. Yeah. You know, he says he looks at them and he sees men in primitive wraps carrying spears topped by bronze heads. Juxtaposed between them were others in gleaming plate armor. What? So some of them are like primitive men and some of them are in like high tech plate armor. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Um. I don't know. I was just going to say, like, oh, gosh, um, because 
they're like in a weird time period where some of the people are like not as advanced as some of the others. Mm-hmm. So like you know how like in our current world you have people like you know us who have like technology and stuff, but there are also people who live without it. Right. And so but they don't necessarily fight together very often. But they could. They could. That's fair. You can't they could. tell me they couldn't. You're right. They could. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, is there any other deep? Okay. Big Rock Boys. What are they? They're the dudes from Frozen 2. <laughs> yeah. Frozen 2. Got it. Um, no, um, I just think they're like. Fantasy stuff. Yeah. No. I'm going to stick with my answer. <laughs> they're, they're Frozen 2 dudes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. There's a lot more in this that I don't want to spoil in this section. There's a lot of things that are in this section that are very important for later. And so throughout this, these, these books, Sydney, I'm probably going to often go, remember from before? And, and so I would just probably be like, no. <laughs> keep this chapter sort of in your mind. Uh, and yeah, next up is Sydney's turn to go through uh, the uh, prologue, which oh I will say takes place 4,500 years into the future. Yes. But oh. this is book one now. We've started. We started book one. <laughs> um, two things before we start. One, I want Sydney read the little like above the start of the chapter. Read what that says. Okay. Do you want me to read the title too? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the prologue is called To Kill. It's got a little picture of a dude yeah, holding a just, sword behind him and holding his face. That's all. You said you said you said that title is such a, <laughs> it's such a the prologue is called To Kill. It's, it could be such a cool title if you said it right. Prologue to kill. But the prologue is to kill. <laughs> Sorry, I disappointed you with the way I said it. Um, but it says, in quotes, it says, The love of men is a frigid thing, a mountain stream only three steps from the ice. We are his. O oh, storm father, we are his. It is but a thousand days and the ever storm comes. And then underneath it, it says, Collected on the first day of the week, Pala of the month Shash, on the year 1171, 31 seconds before death, subject was a dark-eyed pregnant woman of middle years. The child did not survive. Yeah. Um, at the end of the episode, I'm going to ask you what you think. Not what these mean, what the actual quotes mean, but why they're taken. So I, I'll, t- I'll ask you that. Oh. Uh, well, first. I was about to ask you if, you if there was a reason why these quotes are here. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the quotes are obviously so far all three chapters. It's a quote from... Uh, it seems to be somebody who's right about to die. It's a quote mm-hmm. from them about yeah. something. Um, can we do just a very short dramatic reading of the opening of this section? Because I sure. think for me, the first line of this cha- of of this thing here is the like a, a, such a f- baller way for my brain to start a story. Uh, so here goes me reading that. Seth, son, son, Villano, truthless of Shinovar, wore white on the day he was to kill a king. The white clothing was a Parshendi tradition, foreign to him but he did as his masters required and did not ask for an explanation. He sat in a large stone room baked by enormous fire pits that cast a garish light over the revelers, causing beads of sweat to form on their skin as they danced and drank and yelled and sang and clapped. Some fell to the ground red-faced, the revelry too much for them, their stomachs proving to be inferior wineskins. They lay there as if dead, at least until their friends carried them out of the feast hall to waiting beds. That's all. I just the opening to this book I love so much. It's yeah, I it's, like that the very first sentence says he was to kill a king. Like that's a yeah. great, great love it. Love that. Yeah, it, I also love the, the 
the name Seth Sunson Villano, Truth of Shinovar is such a like such a dramatic title for this dude, and it makes me yeah. laugh. So um continue. What happens after this? Okay, so um the uh Zeth is kind of just hanging out at the the moment. He's just chilling for the moment being. But mm-hmm. he's kind of like he's not like dancing or anything. He's just kind of standing there observing the people. Mm-hmm. And we learn a little bit about um his master. So his masters are the Parshendi. And they're there because they're supposed to be signing a treaty mm-hmm. with the um uh the Alethi. And yeah. they're supposed to be signing this treaty. Um, but all he knows is that immediately after this like this treaty was signed like an hour ago, and now it's about to be broken. Yes. Um I'll have you know by the way, the Alethi are just humans from a place called Alethkar. So it's like how we would be Americans. That's what an Alethi is, is is that's a title for a guy from a place. Just so you know. Um yeah, because I, I I didn't want you to think that Alethi was like a fantasy creature as well. They're just people from a place called Alethkar. Yeah. Okay. So um, we know this is kind of happening, and so like I said, uh, Zeth is uh, his master of the Persendi. Um, and there's people you know dancing around. Uh, he start he stands finally, and he goes off and he walks, and he is heading to um find the king because he's we know he's supposed to kill the king and so he heads off he thinks about again the fact that they just signed this treaty um but they're about to break it and he doesn't know why but he doesn't ask questions he's not supposed to ask questions he's just supposed to do this thing that um his masters tell him to do uh so as he walks he passes lights that have um sapphires in them that are infused with stormlight so there's the name of the book stormlight <laughs> archives yeah um, <laughs> but he sees this and he gets kind of mad, like a little bit frustrated that uh, Stormlight is used to just illuminate things because it's very powerful. And we'll find out why that is in a bit. Um, yeah. But he, you know, is, continues walking and, you know, sees all these people and they're kind of they're pretty much just ignoring him. Like they're not paying any attention to him. Right. Um, he enters into this chamber where uh, it's called the Beggar's Feast. So mm. it's an Alethi tradition and they the king um basically gives all of the poorest people in you know in his whatever kingdom. it's called his kingdom yeah yeah um he gives them like all this food and wine and stuff and so it's kind of a I guess a nice thing to do yeah so it's like when they have a feast the highest and the lowest all get fed I guess people, the people in the in middle, the middle get nothing <laughs> get nothing but they're fine they're chilling yeah. the people in the middle <laughs> <laughs> um but he walks through that. There's a guy who comes up to him who is definitely drunk. Yep. Uh, but he kind of just ignores him. Um, as he walks, he walks past these statues, and so the the names of some of the the people from um the last the pro uh, the uh prelude. Yep. Um, so some of the names of those ten people, but one of them is missing. And real quick, uh, they're yeah. almost the names. The last chapter it was Kalak, and this one it's Kalak. The last oh, chapter right. it was Jezrian, and this one it's Jezriana. Jezriana. I didn't even notice that, to be honest. You sh- there's no way you should have, but it's something that I <laughs> that is worth noting. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I didn't notice that. Yeah, but I'll tell you, they are the they are of the they're supposed to be of the people. It's just yeah. the names are slightly different. I did actually think that when I read it this time around, because I was like, that looks like the one guy's name, but it's not. Yeah, and so I was like, well, maybe it's just one of the other's names. But okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Um, but one of them's missing, and so they're not entirely sure. He's not entirely sure why that is, especially because he knows the king is super 
devout and like believes and worships this religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he thinks about that, and that's really all. And he continues to walk uh down this hallway. Um, there's like stones and stuff that go up the walls and on the floor, which yeah, he thinks is weird because stone was not meant to be trod upon. Um. And we sh- I should also mention that he's a truthless, which I don't. We don't really know what that is at yeah. this point in time, but um, that's a, that's a thing, you know. And because he's truthless, it makes him it makes him basically a slave. So since yeah. he was truthless, he did as masters demanded. So like the truthless, for some reason, he doesn't like trotting on stone. Something about what he says is it's not what you're supposed to do, but he yeah. has to because he's a truthless and his master said so. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But we also find out why he's wearing white clothing. So mm-hmm. basically, he's wearing white because the Parshendi want him to... White is like considered bold, like to be bold, and they, not to blend into the night. And so they want him... The um, Parshendi want uh, the king to see that he's coming when he comes to assassinate him. They they want him to know that he's about to die. Yeah. Which is it's, kind of awful. <laughs> be, it's basically be bold. Well, it's it's kind of fair. The idea of like... If we're going to kill you, we're not going to hide it. Like, if we're yeah. going to kill you, we're going to make sure you know this is what's coming. And so you you do your best to be ready. But that's what we're trying to do, which I, yeah. I think is a is a, fair, a pretty honorable thing to do, I guess. It's Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um. But so uh, Zeth walks up to one of the lanterns that has Stormlight in it. And he's mm-hmm. standing there kind of looking at it. And um, a guy, some random guard uh, yells like, hey, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And another guard comes up and he's like pointing a sphere at them. And he's like, you need to go. You need to leave. A sphere. A spear at him, not a sphere. <laughs> okay, well, you know what I meant. Well, no, because this, this, the stormlight is stored in like sapphire spheres. And so well, I, he yeah. wasn't pointing like a stormlight at him. He was holding a spear at him. <laughs> spear. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, But so <laughs> they have this conversation. And he's just, uh, that's kind of just ignoring him. But he then grabs the stormlight from the, uh, the things on the wall, the lamps on the wall, mm-hmm. and he inhales it, which was kind of wild for me when I read that. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Um, but he inhales it and it like gives him power. And the guards are kind of like, what the heck? Because I've, like, they've never really seen this before in person. Yeah. And he does this. And then we learn about lashing. He does these things with the stormlight called lashings. And so there's three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the first thing he does is the basic lashing, which gives him the ability to manipulate whatever force, spren or God, like, you know, that around. And he is able to hold himself, hold people to like the walls and stuff. It changes what is down essentially for the person. Yeah. Or for whatever he lashes. So he can lash a thing and that changes what is what like if i if for example if i lash myself to the side it's not that I, it's not like uh something to the side is pulling me in that direction it's yeah. that way is down so i will be like i can stand up on the wall and stuff yeah um so he's able to do that now and he does that and he does it to the guards and he like puts them up against like the ceiling and stuff and yeah then he he takes out this sword which is called a shard blade and basically it's a super powerful thing that was made to destroy like rock and metal and stuff that a regular like steel sword couldn't do but Pause. it also does he take out the shard blade no it just like appears 
Yeah. Sorry. In I wanted 10 to... heartbeats. I want to say that, point that out, because that's yeah. been a big thing. In like the 10th heartbeat, the shard blade just like appears as if from mist in his waiting hand. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the shard blade appears and it's able to, so they can cut through like, you know, metal, rock, all that stuff without like, you like know, butter. even, yes, super easy. But for people, it also works on people. And so it basically, instead of like making them bleed, if it hits your spine, it destroys your soul and you just die and your eyes catch on fire. Right. They burn um, out into like black smoldering yes. pits. But if it only hits like your arm or like a part of your body, your that part that was sliced is just dead. Like it's yeah. gone. It doesn't work. It just flaps around. Yep. It's just like a flab of extra skin. What a cool thing, my man. Actually, it's so <laughs> cool. It's such a cool idea. It doesn't cut it cuts the souls of things. I love that. I'm sorry. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean it's it's cool though. Isn't that a cool concept? Like Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's neat. Yeah. Um, but when he pulls up this sword, the guards recognize it and they know what's happening and basically he starts to kill the guards. Um, there's this whole, you know, fight thing and he he basically just kills the guards. One of them, um, he he lashes to the ceiling, then sets the spear up underneath of him. And yeah. when the stormlight runs out, the dude just falls and gets himself speared on the spear. Yeah, because he's got to have a lot of stormlight to make this work. And the stuff he gets from the lamps really isn't enough to keep it lasting for a long time. Yeah. Um, But so he he's killed the guards uh, and more guards are starting to show up. And basically he was told by his masters that he has to be seen like mm-hmm. they have to know that this was the Parshendi who did this. Like right. you know, he has to be seen. And so these uh other guards come up and he kind of just lets them see him. Right. Um, without necessarily killing them. Um then he does this thing to stop them from coming after him. He does this thing called a full lashing. And so basically what he does is he puts like stuff on the door that blocks people from going in through it. Like he can't they can't open the door. They cannot physically open the door until the stormlight yeah. runs out. Kind of like basically super glue. Rub stormlight on it. Now it's <laughs> like super glued. Yeah, basically. Um, so he does that, and they obviously can't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, he <laughs> does another thing with the sharp blade. He cuts like a, a little block out of it, <laughs> and when the stormlight wait, wait what? shard blade sharp blade is a different thing. <laughs> you mean a shard blade? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a shard is a different thing entirely. It's not a shard. It's a shard. <laughs> a shard blade. Yeah. Um, but he uses the shard blade and cuts out a uh, like a block or of stone. And when the stormlight runs out and the guards finally get the door open, they get smushed by this block of stone he has created. Because he so made the door great. down, and so as soon as the door opens, a giant block of stone is falling at them, like flying at them as if it's falling towards them. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Sorry, the concept is so neat. It makes me so happy. <laughs> it's a little confusing, but it's hard to explain what's happening. Yeah. There are so many things that are happening and not in things that are just like easy English. <laughs> Essentially, it's 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 right now he's attacking a palace, single-handedly killing a bunch of people in order to try and kill a king. He's using magic nobody else is aware of yet, and the magic lets him change down for things and stick things together. Yeah. That's kind so, of the concept at the moment. Yeah. After that, he continues down the hallway to the king's chambers. Um Comes upon more people, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out the final type of lashing, which is called a reverse lashing. And this one he actually... So I didn't say this, but the basic lashing doesn't really require a whole lot of um, Stormlight. Yep. The full lashing requires a lot. And then the reverse lashing requires like even less. Like it's really little mm-hmm. amount of Stormlight needed. Um, but basically, 
he is able to create like this like draw kind of so he has yep. to put he has to keep his hand on whatever it is he's reverse lashing but basically so these the guards throw these spears at him and the spears instead of hitting him are drawn to the door right or whatever it is he's he's reverse lashing so that's right. how that works it's like a gravity well yeah that's a good good word for it i like that term <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah. we now know what the three lashings are which i'm glad we learned those quickly yeah. You know, unlike Warbreaker when we read that and it was like the stupid heightenings and we had to read the whole <laughs> book before we found out what any of the heightenings were. <laughs> but, you know, it was still neat to learn. This one, they yeah. got out quick out of the way, but it was neat to learn the other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so as he does this, uh, he, you know, is defeating these other guys, fighting them, killing more guards, doing his thing. And then um, all doing of a sudden thing. a new guy uh, appears who also has a shard blade. And so that's fun. And he's got uh armor, so it's called um shard plate, which yep. it's kind of funny. But basically the way the armor works is it's it's like really extra strong armor and can't be destroyed with a shard blade right away. Um Yeah. It has to be hit in the same exact spot twice for, before it like shatters. Mm -hmm. So I think that was kind of interesting. Yep. It's also powered by Stormlight. That, yes. This, yeah. So when he cracks it, it cracks like a, like like gra glass cracking and Stormlight starts like leaking out of that spot. Yeah. Um. But so he, now he's got to fight this uh, person's unknown guard with uh, who has the shard blade. Um. But he because also thinks about when he starts to fight, um, fight this guy. He thinks about the fact that he honestly like he his honor wouldn't let him. Mm -hmm. Uh betray his mission or die but he wouldn't be upset if he died like he doesn't want to live which is but he he yeah. cannot one thing i didn't mention earlier the um truthless cannot kill themselves right is what i've learned yes truthless are truthless cannot do that also before he fights the guy a group of honor guard go running out of the room that he's he enters and yeah. a guy that looks like the king he's wearing the king's clothes with his head down runs with them so he thinks he saw the king run away and it's like one of his guards yeah, but he can't go after them right now because he's got to fight the this shard guy. bear. Yeah, instead. the shard bear would catch him and kill him if he ran. Yeah. Um. So they fight. Uh. This is actually a very fun fight scene. If you didn't read yep. it, make sure you read it. I'm not gonna it's, explain it all because there's a lot that happens. But they fight is a good answer. But it's a good fight scene. Yeah, it is a good fight scene. Um. They do a lot of fighting. It's taking way too long, and uh, Seth is like, if the king is slipping away, I'm not gonna be able to get after him. Right. Like, I need to get rid of this guy or stun him enough or whatever that I can go after the king. Um, right. And so he decides it's time to be reckless because, again, he doesn't really care if he dies, um, but he's still trying to win. Uh, so what he, he's able to do, he's able to hit the shard bear in the same spot, like on the side, and crack his armor in that spot. And then he's able to do it again in a different spot and crack his armor there. Yep. And... um. He using like the energy of stormlight, he's able to like kick him away. Yep. And as he he's done after he's like kicked the guy away, he starts to mm. leave, going in the direction that the king and the guards had gone. And then he realizes that wait a minute, why the king first off had his like head like you know like he was hiding, yeah. and they're like why would they he do that like he doesn't need to like hide his face. Yep. And then he's like. Also, why, like, 
this this guy I just fought, the king is known for being really, really good with a blade. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why would the king, like, who is this guy? How is he so good with the blade? Um, And also, why would they, you know, flee with the king instead of, you know, protecting him? And, yeah. you know, so basically he figures that the guy with the, the um, shard blade is actually the king. It was a, it was a clever thing. Yes, it was actually it's very smart because he didn't yeah. realize it at first. Lose but don't die, and then have him chase the other people. So yeah. losing the shard plate to stay on the ground yes. like you're lost, and then yes. let him run away. But also, yeah, because the shard he figures the shard when he first gets the shard blader out. He or yeah, he yeah. figures that he would chase after him. But when he doesn't, he's like, wait a minute, that's yep. strange, weird. Yeah. Um. So he goes back, and they start to fight again, and. Uh, Seth is not doing so well this time around. He gets hit in the face with um the king's hand. Who's he's got like a gauntlet on his hand. Yeah, big big shard plate hand punches him yeah. in the face. Yeah, punches him in Makes the face. And he like goes blind, and we we know that uh Zeth is able to like heal heal himself with stormlight. Yep. So he'll be fine, but he's got a broken jaw at the moment. Right. And can barely see. He can only see out of one eye. Um, but so what he does is he goes out onto the balcony and using uh, stormlight, he's able to break the balcony off. Yeah. And get back to safety in time. And the king ends up on the balcony, and the balcony falls out from underneath him, and he goes flying down, and yeah. he lands on the ground. And Zeth uh, goes down there, and you know to check and see if the if the king is alive. And the king at this point is still alive. So his name is I didn't read his name earlier. His name is Gavilar Colin. Gavilar Colin, yep. Um, and basically he the when you know when Seth gets down to the king, the king says, I expected you to come. Um mm-hmm. and he's like gasping, like he's not doing well. And he Seth is like standing there, uh he you know, looking at him, um, and the king says, You can tell uh Theta Car that yep. he's too late. And Seth is like, I don't know who that is. And the king says, then who? Restairs, Sadies, I never thought. And then Seth tells him, my masters are the Parshendi. Because yep. the king doesn't think the Parshendi would do this. He thinks it's somebody else. Yeah. And um, the king says, the Parshendi, that makes no sense. And then the last thing he does, he, he pulls out this small crystalline sphere. It's yep. tied to like a chain. We don't really know <laughs> what, what it is. But he says, you must take this. They must not get it. Then he says, tell, tell my brother he must find the most important words a man can say. And then he dies. And that, yes. those are his last words. He's dead. No more. Um, and Seth is like, well, this is strange. She takes the sphere. Yeah. And does he keeps it. We don't know what he does with it, but he keeps it. Um, he thinks about what the king said. And he's like, that's a little strange. Like, nothing's making sense. It's all unraveling. He apologizes. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm sorry. Like, you know, he doesn't want to do this, but he has no choice. Because he's truthless of Shinovar. Yes. <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want to do these things, but he has no choice but to do them. He also hates himself. If you a, a, any chapter with Zeth, it's a lot of self hatred. Like he thinks about, I he can't kill himself, but if I died, I'd welcome it. Like he yeah. does not, he does not like doing these things. Yeah. Um. But what he decides to do, and we also learn that the shard blade. So the shard mm-hmm. blade comes back to the king and then falls on the ground. Yeah. And basically, Seth thinks about the fact that that shard blade is going to be worth a lot now because people are going to sell it. Yep. You know, people or whoever gets one. it. It's, yeah, this sucker is like um, it, having shard blade and plate is like you're a one man army kind of a deal. So yeah. it's very important that somebody has. Like, it's very good someone has it. 
Yeah. Um, but he also, right before he leaves, he thinks about the fact that um, to his people, a dying wish must be, is like super sacred and must be respected. And so what he does is he takes the king's blood and writes on a rock, which is kind of weird. Yep. But he writes, brother, you must find the most important words a man can say. And then yep. he, he flees off into the night. And that's the end of your chapter. That is. That was a lot. I'm sorry if that was confusing. I tried my best to explain You did a that. good job. I was actually really impressed. A couple questions for you, Sydney. Okay. What was that? <laughs> what was that? They asked. No, like, um, if you have any guesses, do you have any guesses about any anything that's like that will give context? Because as as you just as Seth just said, it's all very confusing. Do you have any yeah. guesses as to as to like, um, you know, why he has magic and no one else does? Um, okay, so that I think has something has to probably do something with the fact that he's a truthless mm-hmm. because he. I mean, we know that he can't die by his own hand, which is really weird. I don't know how that yep. works. Um, but he's just got something. I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. But I do think, I, a- I think the thing with like the Parshendi and then the, the king, um, yeah. they were supposed to sign this treaty, but they didn't. And so I, I kind of get the vibes is like they're trying to like take over each other. Mm. Like your typical like war between countries kind of vibe. I also I have some a question for you. So it says early, uh, Parshendi is not what they called themselves. That's the uh, Alethi name for Parshendi. Yeah. Uh, and it, it essentially translates to Parshman who can think. What do you? What does that mean? Parshman who can think or Parshendi. So what's a Parshman? If you say oh, a Parshen a Parshendi who can't think, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be mad at you. If <laughs> no. Um. Well, I think because I it didn't it say something about like there are people under like the higher Parshendi that I'm not, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about either. <laughs> Parshendi, I'll I'll give you something. They're not just a type. They're kind of a type of person, but they're not just like humans from a different area like the Alethi are. They are like yeah. their own kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they're a Parshman who can think. And then, uh, is there anything else that I have questions about that you would have any way of guessing about? Um. I don't think so. So yeah, good job, Sydney. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> now we jump into part one. The, the part title of part one is Above Silence. Uh, and the first chapter of this book officially that's actually a real chapter and not a prelude or a prologue uh, <laughs> is, is chapter one, Storm Blessed. This chapter's like death rattle thing where someone said right before they died. It says, you've killed me, bastards. You've killed me. While the sun was still hot, I die. Collected on the fifth day of the week uh, of the month Betab of the year 1171, 10 seconds before death. Subject was a dark-eyed soldier, 31 years of age. Sample is considered questionable. Can I just say, (laughs) the names of the weeks and the months literally Mm -hmm. makes it... Honestly, it gives me the vibe of he just wrote down random letters and put them into a... Look at them. Put random letters together and shoved them together. Hint, hint, hint. Look at them. Look at the week and the... the, uh, thing closely what do you notice about them chach c-h-a-c-h or batab b-e-t-a-b they are both five letters okay right? i'll tell you i'll One, give you two, three four five letters right i'll One, tell you two, this three four five, five letters a lot of the things in this book the um the alethi people find uh words that are parallel not parallel what's it called when something is like mirrored halfway through 
where it's same forward is backwards, palindromes. They find palindromes really, really good. And so a lot of the names for things will be palindromes, if not in letters, in sounds. So yeah. uh, batab, it, it backwards would be batab. Uh, chach backwards would be chach. So a lot of the a lot of the sounds, if you look, the, a lot of the names of things are like palindromes themselves. Same with certain names like kalak from earlier, k a l a k. Yeah. Like a lot. So palindrome names is very important. And also, women's names in these books will all be almost palindromes because that's what be like a holy word. And so they shouldn't. They're not supposed to use like actual palindrome palindrome names. So they'll be very close, but not quite. I think that's neat. It's not important to the story, really, but it's just a neat yeah. little detail. That is interesting. Anyway, now we jump from when Sydney read. So the king has been dead for five years now, because now it is five my time. Whole years. Um, and this chapter is from the perspective of a boy named Sen. Uh, and I love Sen. <laughs> Sen is a 15-year-old boy who got drafted into an army and just is super convinced the fool is gonna die. Um well. Yeah, and his his uh, there's a person, a veteran with him named Dalit, and Dalit is being like, "You're fine. You're in you're in Cal- Kaladin's camp. You're not gonna die." Um, it's like he's trying to give him like he's trying to help him, and uh, Dalit he basically send for the first like two pages sends the keep going, "I'm gonna die," and Dalit keeps going, "No, you're fine." Um, and Sen says he's barely had six weeks of training, which is not enough training <laughs> no not at all <laughs> not um, in any world made up or real yeah and when he says when dalit says one more time you're gonna be fine sen says how could how can you know and dalit says because lad you're in kaladin's storm blessed squad um and the other soldiers like we're all like yeah yeah for sure that's why you're gonna survive yeah dalit kaladin yeah for sure um so essentially uh they're all they're, they're all like in squads and uh, they shove Sen into a certain spot in the in their squad like lineup and just and just like kind of stands there. Um, and then as he's standing there, he's freaking out. Uh, Dalit. Well, first, uh, Dalit goes, "Sen, have you peed yourself?" And Sen goes, uh, "No." And Dalit says, "Do it here." Because if you don't want if you don't want to fight with pee dribbling down your legs, you better pee now. That's and such so, a strange thing to me to add into a book. Like he really didn't need to add that. We could have been fine without <laughs> it, but it kind of I feel like puts into perspective of all that's going on and like yeah. the stress of having to fight in something like yeah. this and like the fear. But I just thought it was funny. That's yeah. all. It also kind of shows that like Dalit slash Kaladin kind of care about Sen a little bit. Like it's it's actually like shows like we want you to to survive, and this is something that can kill you. Do it now. It's a little thing that doesn't matter, but it can help. And I yeah. think that's that's neat. And then yeah. Dalit gets called away by a man who ends up being Kaladin Stormblessed. But Kaladin is just a nineteen year old. Like he's not an old dude. He's yeah. younger than you or I, Sydney. Um, that's weird to think about. Yeah, Yikes. for sure. And he is somehow a squad leader already. And like Dalit's like an older man with a beard and stuff. And then there's Kaladin Stormblessed, who's in charge. Um. And uh, Kaladin says, we're going to have a new recruit. I need you to keep track of him. And Dalit goes, he's here. He found his way here. Here he is. And points at like Sen. And <laughs> um, uh, Kaladin says, I paid good money to get that boy away from there. Uh, so basically he puts Dalit in charge of making sure Sen don't die. Which yeah, probably a good call. Probably smart. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. Um, make sure, because they have a bunch of, Basically, then Dalit and Kaladin do a little thing where they like scope out the landscape 
and Sen can't even see the things they're talking about. They're like, what about that little hill? And Sen's like, I don't even see a hill. This is just a flat area. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so it's probably good to have somebody whose job it is just to make sure Sen follows. Yeah, Sen of- would have probably died immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they say that Kaladin Stormbless uh, is like, they say he is Stormbless. So Stormbless is like basically blessed. Some, somebody blessed him because they only lost one man last battle. And according to every, uh, compared to everybody else, that's a very, very good ratio of living to dead. Yeah. So apparently Kaladin is lucky, essentially. But there's um, like 30 some people in, in his squad, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And during a battle, one out of 30 is not bad at all. Oh, no. that Those are great odds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would take one out of 30 odds in something like this any day. Um, and essentially, Kaladin says, be ready to run. And uh, it, the idea is, as soon we're not trained. All the trained men, they say, have been, sh- they say, taken to the Shattered Plains to re- uh, avenge the guy's, the king's father. Is So, like, these people aren't well-trained, essentially. This whole battle is full of people yeah. who aren't well-trained. And They're so also as- not. Sorry. Go no, go ahead. They're also not fighting, like, the Shattered Plains is where the actual battle is going on between... Yep. The Alethi and the, um, crap, what are their names? The uh, the Parshendi. There we go. Um, that's where the battle between them is going on. This is just like a border battle between yeah. Alethi people. It's a skirmish between two like landlords. And even still, the whole, they say that even then, both the landlords, their land are both owned by a guy named uh, Salus, Sadius, something like that. Um. So, like, essentially, this skirmish is pointless, and Kaladin's whole deal is he's trying to be good enough to get his team sent out to the Shattered Plains, or, like, real fight is happening. So, Kaladin yeah. is, like, he has a, he's the only people who have, like, a kind of actually trained group, and so yeah. they start marching, and as soon as the army breaks into a sprint, Kaladin's group just dashes out in front of everybody else to try and get to the little spot they scoped out earlier. Yeah. Um, and the enemies, the enemies all pull archers, and they shoot bows, arrows black in the sky, arrows flying from above. And Sen tries to sort of pull out his shield. And Dalit says, leave it out, leave it in, leave it behind. And all the arrows fall behind them because they knew if they dashed out in front, the arrow people are going to shoot at the, the most people. And so if they're yeah. far enough ahead, it's going to go over them and they don't have to worry. Smart. Um, which is, is smart. Um, and eventually they get to like the actual spot they had chosen and they just start playing defense. All the other squads are kind of rushing people down and stuff. But Kaladin's group is just kind of standing in an arrowhead shape just letting people run to yeah. them and killing Can them. Can I add something close. real quick? Absolutely. We also learn a little bit briefly, like throughout this chapter and kind of to the next one. We don't know a lot, but we learn that there's there's dark eyes and there's light eyes. Right. And your rank kind of depends on that because dark eyes, I feel like, are the lower yep. tier. And then the light eyes are the, the higher tier. So it kind of just depends how you're born, if you're lucky enough to be born with light eyes. And it kind of works with royalty, too, because if two, royal, yeah. if two light eyes people have a kid... It's going to be a light ass kid. It's like, yeah. it's, it's actually kind of works as well as like, um, cause in real life, if two blue eyed people have a kid, a hundred percent, the kid's going to have blue or blue or light green eyes. And so it, it makes sense where it's kind of like royalty stays royal, that kind of a deal. Yeah. So I think, I think it's pretty neat. It's a neat, it's a neat concept, but yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to put that out there cause I thought that yeah. was interesting. To be honest, I was thinking I was supposed to say that and I just kind of forgot. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, That's what I'm here for. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and anyway, they get to the spot, they get in their V formation, and they start just like sitting. And Sen notices somebody gets stabbed, and instantly that person steps back, starts bandaging his stealth, and the whole line like shifts up. And so, like, 
they're all protecting each other, keeping each other safe all the time. I and they all seem vibe. to be fairly well well trained compared to everybody else. They all yeah. seem to like kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. Um and then Kaladin suddenly takes off his shield and starts banging his short spear to get short spear against the metal part of the shield. And that's how he gives signals to shit change like formation. Because Kaladin realizes that yelling over the crowd is not a thing you can do. So instead yeah. he is he is banging a shield to give like beats to help them know what to do. Yeah. Which I think is pretty smart. It is smart. I agree. Um, and then they they all of a sudden start uh they start going away from the small hill. And it's because Kaladin saw before it happened, but Amram's army in that area was getting beat. And so they needed to kind of retreat back to where Amram's army was was safer. If that makes sense? Like Amram's army had been kind of pushed away, essentially. And so now yeah. they had to retreat back to where uh, Amram's army could be safe. Um, and as they're running back, uh, Sen just like uh, lost sight of everybody. Um, because because Kaladin beat on the shield to change direction and Sen got lost because he didn't know the signals. And so Sen, yeah. is, suddenly, Sen is suddenly alone. Um, and uh, they, be, yeah, they get Sen gets separated essentially. Um, and he sees some people wearing Alethi uniforms. So he thinks, oh, it's his squad. He runs to them and it wasn't his squad. Uh, and he, yeah, then enemies charged him. Hit the other squad all dipped and left Sen alone. So Sen is basically being charged by, I think it's six men, but yeah, a, six quite a few men are charging Sen and Sen is all alone. And, uh, Right, Sen decides to not run. He's going to stand his ground and just kind of die, I guess. <laughs> okay, um, but at least he was going to like try and fight. Yeah, like I give him credit for that. This dude's like freaking out, has no idea what's going on, and he's at least going to try and fight. Uh, yeah, and then he uh he falls, he uh, Sen falls over. He's about to get stabbed in the heart, and then suddenly, uh, it says, and then he was there. Squad leader, storm blessed, Kaladin's spear came as if came as if out of nowhere, narrowly deflecting the blow that was that would that was to have killed Sen. And then Kaladin sets himself in front and takes on six men at once. Um and is winning. Like is actually yes. he manages to win a, a six v one fight. And yes. then finally the rest of his squad catches back up and starts like helping and in, in defending yeah. Sen. Um uh but Sen did get stabbed uh then, yeah, Sen yeah, did get stabbed in the thigh. Yeah, and during during the chaos, he got stabbed in the thigh, and yeah. he's losing a lot of blood, like scary amounts of blood. Um, and so yeah, uh, he also said something. He's lost a lot of blood, and he says, "Sen thought he could see something surrounding the squad leader, a warping of the air, like the wind itself became visible." So that's something to be to be noted, something to yeah. be talked about later. Oh my gosh! Yes. This actually reminds me. I didn't point this out last chapter. Mm. But last chapter we learned, um, it was mentioned briefly, there's these things called, there's like different sprens. Spren, yep. So there was fear spren, which yep. appeared because there was fear, obviously. And then this will happen in this one. We'll have pain spren, which will pop up. Yep. Because he's in pain. So I just wanted to point that out because I realized I hadn't and I thought that was interesting. There are quite a, there, there are spreads for like most things. There are like emotion spren. So most emotions strongly enough draw spren. But there's also like, wind spread swamp spreads like yeah river spread yeah essentially like co human concepts apparently can form into spread who knows exactly what that means but concepts ideas can form into spread and spread look like glowing certain color like little tiny glowing things uh yeah 
fierce Bren are uh, little hands that come out of the ground and have eyeballs in their palms. Yeah. Uh, and pain Spren are like little dots, rot Spren, little dots, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. And they all of a sudden, Kaladin and his team are back together, and there's like bandaging, helping Sen bandage himself. They're fine. Uh. And Kaladin looks across the field and sees somebody riding a horse who is a light eyes. And um, Kaladin watched with light eyes. He says with a seething hatred. Uh. And basically. Kaladin calls off some of his sub squads and they decide they're going to go try and take down this light eyes, even though they've lost, they're not lost, but a few men, a lot of his men are injured, but he decides killing this light eyes is what he's going to do because he thinks it'll get him straight away to the shattered planes. Yeah. Um, and so the whole idea is if I kill this guy, they'll send us to the shattered planes. This is, this is like us winning the fight. If I kill this guy. Yeah. Um, and so his squad rushes off to do it, leaving Sen and a few others behind. Um, and as they, as they run, uh, they as he gets there, they there's like a group of honor guard around the guy on the horse, like some guards, and sends watching from a distance. And I think it's funny because um, also it's revealed that Dalinar knows Kaladin. Sorry, Kaladin, not Dalinar. It's a different person. Kaladin knows some about like uh healing. He wrapped he he wrapped Sen's leg, and Dalit says um he knows a lot about wounds. He can read glyphs too. He's a strange man for a low dark eyed spearman. So uh. He he can read basically he can read and he can he knows about uh wounds and illness and stuff. So yeah. weird, weird thing about Kaladin. Who knows exactly what that means? But yeah. Um uh Sen asks Dalit why bother bringing him into the squad. And Dalit says, It's just how he is. Hates the thought of young kids like you, barely trained, going to battle. Every now and again he grabs one and brings him to his squad. Um, which is a Cool. Once again, heck yes, Kaladin. I'm all about you. I really love Kaladin in this. And he also, um, he like pays a lot of money to bring Mm -hmm. these kids into his squad. And also he like pays people off to have his wounded taken back so that they can be safe. Yep. Because most of the time the healers don't bother with anybody who's not light eyes. So he pays them to to treat them like light eyes, essentially. Yes. And I love that. I appreciate it. That. It also says it says most of his money goes to that too. So most of what yeah. Kaladin makes goes to making sure his men get healed, which is yes. great, amazing. Love I, that, I Kaladin. Appreciate it so much for that. <laughs> um, and uh, he sees so after this conversation, uh, Sen turns, and he sees basically Kaladin jump out of nowhere and start stabbing the guy. So like they're all the guy on the horse in one direction are fighting, and Kaladin jumps and like stabs them and stuff. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty neat. And so he he it seems Kaladin does get the better of the uh, light eyes on the horse, but uh, they looked the other way, and galloping directly towards them was a man riding towards them on a black horse, wearing gleaming armor and carrying a six foot long shard blade. Yeah. Uh, and Sen looking at it, he as it as it gallops, death gallops towards him. He says it was beautiful, like a work of art. Sen had never seen Shardbearer, but he knew immediately what this was. How could he have ever mistaken a mere armored light eyes for one of these majestic creatures? Um, and then Sen has a moment where, like, why is there a Shardbearer here? There wasn't supposed to be a Shardbearer here. There's not a big enough fight for there to be a Shardbearer here. Um, yeah. And you know what? I, the, Sen closes his eyes and the chapter ends. So you don't actually yeah. know exactly what happens. 
But the Shard Bear is running him down but while Kaladin is on his squads are somewhere else. Because we kind of learn what happens next chapter. Yep. A little. I mean, you can kind of guess what happens, I would say, because we kind of learn next chapter that, you know, yeah. none of them made it. So I want to read this, too. It says, he, he, I love this kind, of, this kind of energy that Sen gives at the end. It says, he describes the sword in the gorgeous, intricate, sinuous sword. It was like, like the Almighty himself had been taken form to walk the battlefield. And why would you want to fight the Almighty? Sen closed his eyes. Yeah. That's brutal. That's it is brutal. brutal. <laughs> um, Poor Sen. I feel so bad for him. This kid, he done knew he was gonna die. He knew his, he was right. <laughs> dude, dude nailed it. He knew what he was up to. Uh and now on a much lower note, next chapter. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I don't think Kaladin's story continues into the next one. So there's not many like theories that need to be made here. Because yeah. it, it jumps eight months later, but then it's Kaladin again. Yeah. Okay. And this is so- a city chapter. Yay! I'll Yay. read the uh, chapter name and the little thing before it. So it's chapter two, and it's called Honor is Dead. And so the little uh, death thingy before it says, Ten orders. We were loved once. Why have you forsaken us, almighty? Shard of my soul, where have you gone? Collected on the second day of Kakash, year 1171, five seconds before death. Five seconds before death this time. Close. Subject. Ooh was a light-eyed woman in her third decade before you get into it okay what's going on with these death rattles i don't know i will say though they seem to be like this one says 10 orders why Mm -hmm. have you forsaken us and that makes me think of the 10 people at the beginning Mm. in the prelude and so i wondered about that and then uh one of the others um i think it was the first one we read uh, talks about Stormfather. It says Stormfather, but uh, um, I wonder if maybe it's just like kind of information about what the people believe in. Maybe right before they die, it's just like the last yeah. thing they say. Okay, fair enough. You uh, want to start on this chapter? Yeah, good, 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 yeah. good guess. Appreciate it. Okay. Um. So yes, like you said earlier, this is eight months later, and uh, so Kaladin's uh stomach is rumbling. He is in these like. He's in a cage, basically, and he's handed a small bowl um, that's just got slop in it, like really gross stuff. Uh, he doesn't really want to eat it, but he's got no choice. So <laughs> he uh, eats it anyways. P- people around him, his other... So we learn he's a slave now. Um, the other slaves don't really talk to him too much because he about broke some dude's arm the other day. Yeah. Um, and he's content with that because he doesn't want them to talk to him. Uh, but he's in this wagon cage um, being driven along uh so we know he was captured after um the last battle and for some and, reason became a slave and be- yes he became a slave instead of being killed for some reason uh so far he's managed to like beat down like paranoia and hasn't gone mad which mm-hmm. a lot of the other slaves have yeah. um so he's he's getting there we learned that he's tried to escape a couple times and has succeeded but has always been caught because all the slaves are branded like, on their foreheads with um like symbols and for some reason kaladin like you mentioned earlier can read these symbols we don't know why that is but he's able to read them but basically the symbols um are meant to like you know show who who he is like things about him um so right now he his first one was made you know eight months ago um or he's got first two that were given to him eight months ago yeah yes 
but the new one is actually really fresh and it basically says shash on it which means dangerous yeah so, so it's basically been... just yes for people to know that he's dangerous and right. they should beware um right but so he was caught because of, it's hard to hide when you've got yeah markings on your forehead on your forehead right that everyone would know what they meant right um and so he's he is talking about that or thinking about that i guess one of the um other slaves uh comes up to him and i also yep. want to point out that there's a wind spread that's been kind of bugging him for a while and he doesn't know why that is but it's yeah. hanging out with him um it's like describe the wind spread what does the wind spread look like well right now it's just a little like white ball of mm -hmm. like light kind of yeah but it doesn't like illuminate things it's just it, bright to look at it's hard to describe them because they glow but they don't give off light it's like in darkness i could see you but I, you wouldn't be like lighting up the surroundings that kind of yes deal. yeah um and they also can like change so the really little ones you know all look the same but the bigger ones like the windspring are able to change and like shape shift and kind right. of thing and they're able to like kind of talk and stuff which we learn a little bit more about later um but uh this other slave comes up to the uh, comes up to Kaladin and is like, "You're not like the others." And he tries talking to him, and Kaladin is just kind of ignoring him. And good on you, Kaladin. That, <laughs> we actually learned that Kaladin's hiding uh, leaves behind his belt, yep. which are actually we are poisonous. They, you know, yep. if you eat enough of them, they would become poisonous. If they're dried and ate, they're poison. Yeah, called um, black. So bane. he he's keeping them. In hopes that maybe he can use them. He doesn't know entirely sure whether he wants to use them on his, uh, like, slaver or if he wants to use them for himself. Right. Um, but he's got them just in case if he needs them. Right. And, but the other slave that's talking to him says, he says, I heard the guards talking. You tried to escape before. They said, you have escaped before. And, he's, and he basically tries to convince Kaladin that if he gives Kaladin half of his food every day, that when Kaladin tries to escape again he will help this slave and Kaladin's yeah. like no why would I do that you're an idiot you're going to be so hungry if I if I eat half of your food every day you're going mm -hmm. to be so hungry that you're not going to be strong enough to flee with me and then you're just going to bring us both down yeah which and he makes also a says, lot of sense Kaladin also is really beaten down in this chapter he also says several times like I've tried 10 times and I failed 10 times I'm not trying again yeah. so he's very yeah. beaten down right now Yes. Um, he thinks about the fact that people used to call him Stormblast. People believed he had really good luck, but he actually believes he's got really bad luck. Um, so we don't entirely know exactly why he believes that, but we I mean, all of his, that seems all like of all of people, his crew died. Yes. All the people he got close to every time they would die, but he would survive for some reason. And he's right. like, well, people, most people would think that's a good thing that he survived his surviving. Yep. But he, he's not, he's, very unhappy about this because he doesn't he cares so much about people that he doesn't want the people he cares about to be dying um mm -hmm. but that's kind of the end of their conversation and the other slave leaves because they're not really getting anywhere um another uh person comes up to him and well what uh, he, before someone like, oh wait, sorry never mind there's a there's a cough that happens, but it happens after he comes up. So you're right. My bad. <laughs> I thought the cough yeah. was important, but my bad. Um, no. Uh, so another slave comes up to him and he is asking him questions about how he became a slave 
about how Kaladin mm-hmm. became a slave. And uh, basically, he begins to tell... Kaladin's not answering. And so this slave begins to tell Kaladin uh, how he became a slave. And so he says, I stole a herd of Chal. And he says, if I had taken one Chal, they might have just beaten me. But a whole herd, 17 head. Um, and we actually learn a little bit later that Chal are like giant crustaceans. Yep. Big old crabs. Which, yeah. Big old I don't crab think I'd cow want things. big giant old crabs walking around. Not a fan. They're what's, they're what's pulling these wagons right now. They're like giant crabs. That's true. Um, but Kaladin is like, you should have taken horses instead. They're faster. And <laughs> the guy's like, well, that's dumb. Like, <laughs> I would have been killed immediately if I had done that. I only became a slave. And Kaladin's like, that's worse. <laughs> like, I feel like I'd rather be dead than be a slave. Which yeah. is kind of fair. Fair enough, honestly. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, But <laughs> Kaladin looks at uh the slave's head and reads reads his uh, like high his glyph thing i tried to say hieroglyph this is not egyptian yeah. glyph pair. <laughs> it's basically glyph pair. kind of similar though i feel like it's it's um, a glyph pair yeah um he reads the glyph on his his head and yep. the guy's like hey how do you read you know how to read these that's, that's interesting. weird yeah strange slaves shouldn't read don't you know yeah. a slave shouldn't read yeah basically um sydney did mention the guy the sydney, guy slave shouldn't read I know. Why are you yelling? It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. And yeah, you did mention the guy who coughed earlier. Space mm-hmm. guy's got some kind of like bad cough that'll kill him. That'll come up more later. Yeah, um, but wait. Uh, read the paragraph that says right that says Calvin thinking about it. I'll read it. It says persistent coughing, uh, accompanied by an excess of phlegm oh. and fevered mumblings at night. Sounds like the grindings. So yeah. somehow Kaladin can identify crap like that. Yeah, I see. I see what you're talking about now. I did. I was like, where is it? But I see. <laughs> it. <laughs> it's, it's on the right page. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's always scary, listener, when one one of us and the other tells you to read something because it's suddenly a panic of like, I need to find it. I need to find it. Like I know it's here. What is it? Was it? So it's, it's stressful. I it's agree. always it's always an instant little like shock where it's like, okay, looking, looking, looking. <laughs> Or sometimes, like, if we're talking and I'm like, I don't know where we are. Or, like, I'm trying to explain what's happening and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> sometimes I'll be explaining what's happening off of memory more than, like, looking at the book. And then I'll forget the next thing and have a panicked moment where I'm like, I'm five pages behind. I've got to turn and look. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they ask, uh, again, the slave asks uh, Kaladin uh, why he, how he became a slave. And Kaladin says... His answers are failures, crimes, betrayals, probably the same for most every one of us. And then the uh, the guy says, he says, this is actually kind of funny and kind of smart, but I, I thought it was funny. He says, well, perhaps I should ask a different question. Be more specific. That's what my mother always says. Say what you mean and ask for what you want. What's the story of you getting that first brand of yours? Mm-hmm. And so he asks a more specific question and Kaladin does answer. He says, I killed a light eyes. Um, and the guy, this other slave goes, I'm surprised they let you live. And Kaladin says, killing the light eyes isn't why I was made a slave. It's the one I didn't kill. That's the problem. And so basically, and that's the end of that. He like doesn't answer anymore. Basically what I think is the reason he became a slave is because he killed that light eyes. Right. Obviously we know that. Um, but he, the, the guy who had the shard blade, after he killed everybody else, didn't kill Kaladin, caught him instead, and then they, he became a slave after that. Okay, that's a good theory. I mean, that seems logical, right? Seems like a logical theory, yeah, for sure. Okay. 
so now we move on. So this is hours later. Kaladin hours. is still just sitting there. You know, he's like fingering the glyphs on his forehead. Yeah. Uh, the bleeding. one, the other two are like healed. I mean, they're scars, but they're healed. Yeah. But the the newest one is like you know really crusty and scabby, and it's it's gonna take a long time to heal because it's you know kind of infected. Yeah. And we learned that there's a thing called a uh, rot scren. Rot spren. Which spren, not scren. <laughs> so it's rot spren. So like spren yeah, I know. Of rot. I know. Okay. So want to make yeah. sure. I uh, just I was trying to find it to make sure I said it right and yeah. then I couldn't find it. And so I just tried to say just, it. Just sent it. it right. You nailed it, though. You nailed it in one. Great job. Proud of you. <laughs> yeah, the rot spren. Um, he guessed there's probably rot spren gathering, which is not good because that's going to make it really hard to heal. Um, <laughs> but it's hard to heal. He thinks about what his father taught him about like different healing things um, and how to heal like infections and stuff. So and pause, pause. Yes. Tell me your theory on the backstory of Mr. Kaladin. Well, I think Kaladin has some kind of like parents or father who's very, very smart because mm-hmm. his father taught him how to like heal and stuff. And so my thoughts are his father either maybe is like a light eyes or something. I don't mm. really know. And his maybe his mother's a dark eyes and that's why he has dark eyes. Mm. Um, I don't know. That's a thought. I don't know. The thought. But I do think his father, for some reason, whether he's light eyes or dark eyes, I think his father, for some reason, knows more than your typical light eyes would. Or your dark yeah. eyes, sorry knows more and like taught wanted his son to be able to you know help people and yeah no he knows a lot about healing and so he obviously taught his son that so i mean that's obvious dad's 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 some kind of important profession probably revolving around healing or something like that cool good theory Um, yeah we'll learn more about about that. that yeah he thinks about why he can't you know, he obviously can't heal himself because he doesn't have the stuff to do it. Like, he right. doesn't even have water to clean it out. Like, they only get water, like, once a day or whatever. Right. Like, they get water to drink. And he's obviously going to drink it because if he didn't, he would die. So. Right. You know. Yeah. No. Um, but eventually, the wagons come to a stop. And that's because the uh, guy named uh, Tivlak. I don't know how you say that. Uh, Tivlakov. Tavlakov, okay. Tavlakov, yep. Um, Tavlakov is the the slaver who has all these slaves, and there's like a couple different wagons of slaves. Three. Um, okay. Three, three wagons, wagons walking through the desert. Good job. Oh, by the way, I want to bring up talk about the grass. What about the grass? It has some special properties. Tell me about the grass. Does it have some special properties? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you it. Okay. Uh, they're driving through a plane. There's grass everywhere, but uh-huh. in a semicircle around each of the uh, around each of the the wagons, the grass pulls itself down into a little hole and then peaks itself back up after the wagon has passed. Oh, you right. You remember that now? Yeah. Okay, good. I did, I was hoping that I was like, I'm pretty sure it says this, so I didn't want to spoil something. But yeah, the grass <laughs> no, can pull it itself into the ground. The grass. I just didn't remember. <laughs> I think that's a neat thing. I I, I say always. Neat. The image of like grass moving, like sucking itself into the ground below you. That's neat. Yeah, it is neat. Um, this is where we learn about the chulls, the crustaceans. Yep. Um, but uh, the slaver, whose name I already forgot how to say. Tavlakov. Thank you. <laughs> um, Tavlakov comes around and basically he's going around to water each peop- each person. Um, they're not they're animals. Like- I hate that. It makes you so mad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he goes to do that, and 
uh, as he's doing it, um, Kaladin's just kind of sitting there still, and the um, the Windspread, who we saw earlier, been tracking Kaladin. Comes back, yes, he's been hanging out with Kaladin. Uh, she? she, Kaladin, thinks of her as a she, even though it's probably Sorry. neither. Did it? Just the yeah. voice, the voice it uses seems to be a feminine voice, so we think yes. of it as a she. And also, um, it takes the shape of a woman. Yeah. So this is where we learn that the larger uh, Sprens can change their shapes and stuff and can talk. Um, but it comes up to Kaladin and says, oh, what's that? And mm-hmm. Kaladin basically is holding the leaves in his hand. And when the windspring comes up, he like, you know, yep. crushes them a little bit. And um, because he doesn't want anyone to see that he has them, including the Spren. Yeah. And the Spren says, what is it? You can show me. I won't tell anyone. Is it a treasure? Have you cut off a piece of the knight's cloak and tucked it away? Is it the heart of a beetle so tiny yet powerful. And then Kaladin's like ignoring the Spren because you're not really supposed to talk to them. just being annoying. Yeah, she's being annoying. And the Spren then says, Kaladin, why must you ignore me? And Kaladin's like, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. Spren Mm -hmm. don't know your name. Like they shouldn't be able to know your name. They're not smart. They don't learn. Yes. And Kaladin's like stands up and he's like, you know, repeat that. What did you just say? And the Spren disappears. Well, she, yeah, she giggles. Yeah, she kind of is like not going to answer him, and um, we I also should point out that the larger spreads can be invisible to some people. Some people, or sometimes they only appear to those that they want, yeah, to see them. So in this case, Kaladin could be the only one that sees this spread. We don't really know. Yep. Um, but Kaladin asked the others if they heard it, and the others just kind of ignore him because they they probably at this point think he's gone mad, which mm-hmm. is fair. And sure. Khaled himself sure. is like, well, maybe I am going mad, seeing <laughs> things, hearing things, you know. Yeah. Because there's no way that the Spren should be able to know his name. Yeah. And the Spren comes back and says, those leaves look interesting. You like them a lot, don't you? Mm-hmm. And Kaladin looks up and says, how do you know my name? And the Spren doesn't answer right away. But she says, why don't you fight? You did before. Now you've stopped. And... Um, I actually freeze. want to do a dramatic. Oh, that's reading. what I was about to do. I was going to make you do it. I was like, "Freeze, we're doing this," and then you, you did it too. My bad. How do you know my name? He demanded. The windspread didn't answer. She walked on air over to the bars and poked her head out, watching Tavlakov, the slaver, administrate drinks to the last few slaves in the first wagon. She looked back at Kaladin. Why don't you fight? You did before. Now you've stopped. Why do you care, spirit? She cocked her head. I don't know, she said as if surprised at herself. But I do. Isn't that odd? It was more than odd. What did he make of a spren that not only used his name, but seemed to remember things he had done weeks ago? People don't eat leaves, you know, Kaladin, she said, folding translucent arms. Then she cocked her head. Or do you? I can't remember. You're so strange, stuffing some things into your mouths, leaking out other things when you don't think anyone is looking. How do you know my name? He whispered. How do you know it? I know it because, because it's mine. My parents told it to me. I don't know. Well, I don't know either, she said, nodding as if she just won some grand argument. Fine, he said. But why are you using my name? Because it's polite. And you are impolite. Bren don't know what that means. See there, she said, pointing at him. 
impolite. Kaladin blinked. Well, he was far from where he'd grown up, walking foreign stone and eating foreign food. Perhaps the Spren who lived here were different from those back home. So? Why don't you fight? She asked, flitting down dressed on his legs, looking up at his face. She had no weight that he could feel. I can't fight, he said softly. You did before. He closed his eyes and rested his head before it against the bars. I'm so tired. He didn't mean the physical fatigue, though eight months eating leftovers had stolen much of the lean strength he cultivated while at war. He felt tired, even when he got enough sleep, even on those rare days when he wasn't hungry, cold, or stiff from a beating. So tired. You have been tired before. I failed, spirit, he replied, squeezing his eyes shut. Must you torment me so? They were all dead. Sen and Dalit, and before that, Tux and the Takers. Before that, Tien. Before that, blood on his hands and the corpse of a young girl with pale skin. Ooh, drama! What? what? Okay. Uh, you, before we continue, questions about that. Um, what's up with this with this friend, my man? What's this friend up to? Well, I think this friend is special. Oh. Um, I think, let's see. I don't entirely know because we don't really know that much about the Spren yet. But yeah, for sure. I do think she, for some reason, has some kind of... <gasps> maybe the Spren were created by, like, the um, the the dudes we saw at the beginning, the Ten Dudes. Ooh. Um, maybe they were created by them. and Ooh. Or maybe, maybe, actually I have a better idea, maybe this specific Spren is a spirit of one of them. Oh, like a ghost. Yeah, and that's why she can do these things. Absolutely. Okay. That's, good that's theory. my theory. <laughs> good theory. Uh, continue on. Basically, what we learn from that is that Kaladin feels like quitting. He's yeah. a sad boy. I just thought it was a cute little Yeah, it's cute. Thing. Just a sad boy. I like the Spren. The Spren's I, cute. Spren is cute. And Kaladin is a sad boy. I just, yeah. he's, he, he's tired all the time and he's sad. Yeah. Um, I do feel bad for him. I don't blame him, though. I'd be sad, too, if I were him. Oh, for sure. He's lost so many people. Yeah. Um, but... Basically, uh, the Spren kind of, you know, he leans back against the bars again. He just kind of sits there. He sees that, he thinks maybe that he has become mad. And he's like, is that really such a bad thing? Like, you know, it'd be less painful to be mad, right? Oh, for sure. Um, But he looks up, he opens his eyes and the slaver is almost to his wagon now with a bucket of water. Um, And as, you know, this happens. The guy who was coughing before starts coughing again, like, real, real bad. And Kaladin thinks about what his father told him how to cure a cough. So this is what he says. He says, to cure the grinding coughs, administer two handfuls of blood ivy crushed to a powder each day. If you don't have that, be certain to give the patient plenty of liquids, preferably with sugar stirred in. As long as the patient stays hydrated, he will most likely survive. The disease sounds far worse than it is. And so Kaladin is like, this man needs needs water. Like, mm-hmm. he, like he they obviously don't have the rest of the stuff they need. But if he just has water, he would survive and he would be fine. And uh, Kaladin's like, I'm not going to say anything. It's not a big deal. Like, I'm not going to say anything. And then he thinks about uh, all the other people he's let down. And he's like, and he thinks about his father saying, can you really just leave him? And so he ends up standing up and he tells... Um, the he says stop he yells stop and he basically tells the slaver how to heal the grinding coughs and he right. just explains 
that he says he will live if you give him an extra ladle of water every two hours for five days or so. You'll have to force it down his throat. Mix in sugar if you have any. Mm-hmm. And the slaver's like, okay, pull him out. And so they pull him out. And um, one of, I should say, there are two other like guys walking around. Um, one of them's name is, is Bluth. And he unlocks the, the cage. And Bluth has like a, some kind of weapon. Like um, I think of it as like a, kind of like a, a whip almost. I don't know if that's actually what it is, but that's what my mind was thinking of it as. It's a cudgel, basically a big, big rod. Oh, okay. Well, something like that, like something yeah. like, it's yeah, like a beaten weapon. Yes. It's a weapon for beaten. Yeah. Um, which is why I was thinking a whip ish yeah. kind of thing, but that, yeah. Um, but th- they drag out this, this slave and Kaladin's like, Kaladin's happy with himself kind of. Cause he's like, well, at least I can still, you know, help someone. He kind of relaxes and he's like, maybe there's still a reason that I'm here. Yeah. I can still help people. Like, right. there's still a reason for me to care about other people. And he's thinking about this. He opens the, the his palm. And at this point, he's crumbled the leaves into pieces, which is not, like, great. But, you know, he's crumbled the pe- leaves, so he has to be careful with them. And he you know is thinking just like i said about how finally he's kind of got a little bit of hope and then all of a sudden he hears a loud crack mm-hmm. and stands up and realizes that they have just killed the guy with the cough yep Smashed and over the paladin is like no why are you doing that storm and you yes uh to black says uh <laughs> he says basically he goes he would have gotten you all sick, you see. I would not lose an entire wagon for one man. And Calvin's like, what? Uh, his voice was lightly accented, smashing words together, not giving the proper spil- syllables emphasis. Now read it again with the accent. No. <laughs> I'll do it. He would have gotten you all sick, you see. I would not lose an entire wagon for one man. Good job. Thank it wasn't you. dramatic reading. I didn't need to read it in his voice. It wasn't a dramatic reading, Sydney. It wasn't no. a thematic weeding. Wasn't the thematic weeding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but Kaladin's like he's past that stage already. If any of us were gonna get sick, we already would have. Hope that you don't. I think he was past saving. <laughs> um, but they have this conversation, and Kaladin is like really angry, which is fair. Um, and basically he thinks about the fact that what he's gonna do is. The leaves that he has, he wants to dump them. He wants to be the last one to get water because he knows that um, Tavlakov, after everyone else drinks water, boils the water and he drinks it himself and makes tea. And Kaladin's like, I'm going to pour these leaves into this guy's tea, into this guy's water after I drink it. And he'll drink it and he'll die. And But then he realizes that when he slammed his hand against the bar because he was angry, he dropped most of the leaves. The crumbled bits, and now he only has—he doesn't have enough to actually kill anybody. Yeah, and he can't find the rest of it, and so that's where the chapter ends. He's very upset with himself, yep. and that—that's it. That's the end of the chapter. Baller. Yeah. Baller. Then we have this little information about sky eels on the next page that I can't really read. It's too little. I'll tell you that I mean, goes wrong. Read a little, but that goes wrong with the next chapter. So we'll do that for the next week. Sky oh, eels. Okay. That that little drawing. I'll, t- I'll give you a hint. The next person's perspective we get, she's an artist, and that's a drawing she did. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Um, alrighty, Sydney theories. What's gonna happen with Kaladin? 
Well, I think Kaladin will escape somehow. I do mm. think. I actually think the the windsprint will help him. I think, think his, his gonna be a friend. friend. His new friend in the windsprint will help. Wind, wind friend. friend. His um, wind friend. His wind friend. Spren friend is gonna help. I'm gonna be completely honest right now. Any theories that I could have about what's gonna happen, the issue with right now where we are in the book is I know what happens, and I also know that you will never ever in a million years just randomly guess what's gonna happen. So uh, we're just going to dip on that. And when you start getting a little bit more context about what's going to happen, I'll start asking you better questions. But for now, there's really nothing, really nothing that I can, I could uh, uh, prompt you with. So uh, I guess now I guess it's just time to rank the characters. All righty. This is a little bit exciting. The first time for a new book. That's always fun. Um, We're also going to do it differently. Yes. Alert. Alert. We're going to start doing it differently from now on because this book has mad characters. And yes. already the rank the characters was getting really long. And so, so now you go you go ahead. Um if you are new here, you wouldn't know this, but right. um if you're so if you're new, what we used to do is we would take all the characters who had names and talked. That was our criteria yep. in the book and we would rank them and so we the way we rank is we did um we always do just those people who are alive, we rank them from our favorites to our least favorite. And then we have a category for those who we wish were dead. Yep. The last book we did, Wish You Were Locked Up. I figure we'll probably just do Wish You Were Dead yep. in this one. The last book, the issue is there were a lot of characters that were real, just real human beings who I didn't like. But wishing death upon just like a real guy felt really wrong. And so we, we instead put them in jail. <laughs> yes. Um, but so this book will have the alive tier, the regular alive tier, and then we'll have the wish you were dead tier, and then we'll have an actual dead tier, and we'll rank all like each tier from who we like the most in that yep. tier to who we like the least in that tier. Um, but that's what we usually do. Uh, this time we're gonna do it a little bit differently. Yep. So because there are so many characters in this book, what we're gonna do is each episode we're going to rank the characters we saw in. That, that episode week. yep and i think what we should do colton if you agree with this i think mm-hmm. each week we should post on our instagram page we'll post our little our little tier list from the week right i agree i think that'll make it much much helpful and that'll yeah, so save you guys us will get to see our tier list for each week you know and that'll you save us because you listened but it, it'll be on instagram as well yes it was, um, but, that'll save us 15 minutes an episode because yes. normally just reading the names took us like 15 minutes yes. each episode. <laughs> um, but so we're going to do that each episode. We'll rank that you know, week's characters. Just a little, yeah, that, that week's characters that were in that week. And then we're going to do a another list that, you know, through the whole book, right? Right. Um, but the way we're going to do this is we're gonna, just going to do characters like, I don't know, like maybe 10 characters. Top 10, top five, something like that. Yeah, like top, I say top 10 probably, okay. I think is a good number. We'll do top 10 of our favorite characters. Should we do top 10 of our favorite characters and top 10 of our least favorite characters? Or? I think five best, five worst. And I think okay. uh, that, that, that'll that save us some time. And that way we can debate more who's getting kicked on and off the favorite list. But yes. also, I think we'll start that next week because we don't have enough characters to do that this week. Okay, that's fine. I'm fine All right, with that. Let's go through. I'll tell you the characters we saw in their names in the, uh, the first section we had Kalak and Jezrian. Yes. What do we think about Kalak and Jezrian? Um I like Kalak. Mm-hmm. Um well let's just read all the characters that we have. Okay. And then after Kalak and Jezrian, 
The second chapter, To Kill, had Zeth and Galavar, were the only two characters who both had names and talked. And then in the chapter after that, we had Sient, uh, Sen, Dalit, and Kaladin. And in the final chapter, we had Tavlakov and Bluth, were the named yeah. talking characters. Um, and so I think, ultimately, we don't know exactly what it means, but we do know Kalak and Jezreel both broke something called a pact. So they, yeah. they, they broke something that was bad. But they're also both... They torture, get tortured a lot and stuff. So, uh, middle. Um, yeah. So I actually think let's start with who we like the most, real quick. Yeah, easy. Um, I say Kaladin. Obviously, easy. needs to be at the top for sure. Um, I think Sen and Dalat make their way up there too. Dalat, sorry. Yeah, I like them. Um, I think I like Dalat better than Sen. Okay, because fair Dalat enough. is a good dude. Sen yeah, is just a a great kind of a chicken. For sure. So, but he's a 15-year-old who got sent to battle. So no, then, that's why I, I still like him. But right. I'm just saying, I like Dalat a little bit more. Um, All right. And then I say we do... I like I like Zeth, too. More than Kalak? Zeth, he's doing it against his will. He's super cool. That's good. Yeah. I, I might like Zeth more than Sen. Yeah, I could agree with that. He's I, cool. Like, he's doing a bad thing, but he doesn't want to do it. He just has no choice. Um, But yes, he's a cool character. And then I think... Let's see. I think Tavlakov needs to go at the bottom. I think he's wish you were dead. I wish Tavlakov was dead. He I agree with that. He, he's a slaver. Bad. And he killed a guy who could be easily healed because he didn't want to deal with him. Bad. Oh, I Colton, don't like him. Yeah. You know what we have to do? We have to add Sen and Dalit to the dead tier. Oh, right. Sen and Dalit both died. Oh, no. Bye-bye. There you go. Also, what do we do about Kalak and Jezrian? Because we don't actually know if they're alive or not. Um... Well, we didn't see him die. We assume we assume they're we assume they're alive until they otherwise stayed. Okay. Um, um, Tavlakov and, and Bluth. I think we wish them both death. I think yes. I like Tavlakov less than Bluth because Tavlakov is actively taking action, and I Bluth agree. is just doing Bluth what he's told. Has to, yeah. Um, and uh, then I think for the dead tier, I think Dalit and Sen beat the king. Yeah, G- Galivar is the bottom of dead tier. Dalit top, Sen middle. Yeah. Alrighty, that was look how fast and easy that was, Sydney. Look at us go. <laughs> okay. Um, I will read our little, our tier list. Yeah, so Sydney, go ahead and give us a reading of our week one tier list. Okay, so we have in our alive tier, we have Kaladin, Zeth, Kalik, um, and Jezriam. And then our Wish You Were Dead tier, we have Bluth and we have Tavlakov. And then our Actually Dead tier, we have Dalit, Sen, and Gavilar. And that would be our our little tier list. (laughs) Yeah, so... That's the tier list for week one. We we managed to get through it. We're figuring it out. We love it. A um, couple things. First, if you're new here, go ahead, click that link in the description. Go follow us on Instagram. Everyone has an Instagram. You'll, all you'll see is that's when we post some fun stuff. Uh, you'll you will enjoy being there. I promise. Um, yes. Also, if this is if this is a, a podcast that you enjoy and this is a book that you enjoy, we would really really appreciate if you if you. Uh, show your friend put it on reddit put it on twitter somewhere do something like that let people know that you're a fan of it because that that will really help us out quite a bit um and leave us a review wherever you leave reviews so if you're on spotify or apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review on there we'd love that uh yeah thank you so much let us know on instagram what you think's gonna happen give us your theories if you've got any theories um as long as they're not spoilers right don't spoil anything just straight out spoil the book but if you have any theories, uh, feel free to leave them. Anything you think is going to happen yep. in the book, just let us know. We enjoy reading them. We don't read a lot, but 
or we don't we don't get we read a, lot a lot of them, actually we don't get a lot we read, we read all a lot. the time but um you know if if you leave us a comment we will give you a shout out and, and we'll read it. read it yeah we'll read yeah. the theories we love them yeah um, or just leave us a comment like honestly it doesn't even have to be a theory just leave us a comment about whatever and maybe you'll get a shout out yeah we love you um yeah all right. Also, thank you so much to uh, Alezia for making our intro and outro. It's called uh, Wind Runner Remake. That is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. So go ahead and check that out. It's uh, a baller song. It's so dramatic. It's a great time. Um, it is next time. week, time. we're reading chapters three through six. Once again, that's chapters three through six. So make sure you have those read. We will really appreciate it. We'll have a great time when you come over here. Um, if you don't read them, you're man, man, you're going to get the grinding cough. And oh, Sydney, no. can't, Sydney can't deal with that in her in her slave parts. So <laughs> you better be you better be safe and you better make sure you hop on that book and read it. Um, yeah, I think is there anything else we need to do? Um, no, I don't think so. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.